if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Psalm uh, 19, Psalm chapter 19. We've been talking about words and thoughts, and we failed to mention, speaking of words, before the offering uh, about the paving project out here. So it's very important if you'd like to contribute to that. It's hard to contribute to something if you don't know about it, right? So um, uh, we, we are endeavoring to pave at least half of this parking lot out here. That'll be out to like where the lights are. And uh, I'm going to show you a before and after picture. I think we got one. Oh, here it is. That's what it looks like now. How many know it doesn't look too good? And look at that. They paved it already when we just, right, right now while we were sitting here. <laughs> Carrie, you guys are good, man. I'm telling you. Give him a big hand over there, Carrie Osborne, Angelica. shared a great testimony yesterday morning with me. They have a wonderful paving business. I would highly recommend them. If you're in paving and you're in the congregation, please don't get upset with me. Uh, one time I acknowledged some, a guy that was in photography and I had another guy get mad at me. I said, listen, uh, we're to encourage, right? So don't be that small-minded, okay? <laughs> so uh, God will bless you too. How many know the blessing of the Lord is inexhaustible? Okay, so like open your mind up a little bit, you know, to the things of God. And you'll never be disappointed. But we're going to pave this, and then we're going to seal coat the entire lot, and then we're going to line stripe it. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah, you can see, it's just uh, how many, we've had over a million people uh, come on this property, uh, most of which have come through these doors or those doors next door at the other buildings, the feeding project, all that. And so 12 years later here, uh, it's, uh, it's time, right? And guess what we found out? We found out if you pave it, they will come. <laughs> so if you like to contribute to that, I know we already received the offering, so I guess you have to wait till next time. But uh, we want to do that really in the next uh, week or so, a couple weeks, and hopefully we'll get this in before the weather gets done. You say, how much does it cost? It's about $40,000. Um, and last week, I know, was the very first time that we even announced it. So it was like, just like it's, you know, it takes time to raise funds. How many of you understand when it's something of that, that total too? So uh, anyway, we appreciate you. But if you'd like to do that, oh, we really, really uh, we appreciate it. We're going to be planning on using it for years to come unless the Lord comes back first. And if he does, that'll be even better because they're paved with streets of gold up there. Amen. Amen. I like to start with something funny. I heard a funny story about this cat. Now, this is not theologically sound, okay? I'm just going to, a little precursor before I say this joke so I don't get a fan mail uh, that says, you know, it didn't line up with the King James Version or something like that. Say, do you get those? Oh, yes, yes. And I have a place, uh, a file, a specific file um, near my garbage can. It's, it's filed G. I roll it up and I go like that. So anyway, there was a cat and mouse that died. They went to heaven at the same exact time. And uh, it's really deep, isn't it? And, uh, and Peter let them in the pearly gates. Their name was recorded in the book, I guess, something, something like that. They got in there, and uh, they went and found their, you know, led them to their eternal homes and all that stuff. Well, a couple weeks later, Peter saw the cat, and he decided to check in on him. And he says, hey, how you doing? Or I'm sorry, the mouse. And the mouse said, man, I'm doing great. He goes, the only problem is it's so big up here. And my little feet, I could barely, you know, cover, uh, you know, this ground here. He said, can I ask one request, St. Peter? Peter said, of course. He said, can I get a pair of roller skates? Peter said, absolutely. So he got him a pair of roller skates, his little mouse. And a couple weeks later, he saw him skating on by. And he's like, man, he goes, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing great. A couple days went by, he saw the cat. And he said, the cat, he said, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing it super fantastic, amazing. 
He said, in fact, I thought you could, it couldn't be any better until I discovered Meals on Wheels. <laughs> Praise God. Let's get into the Word. All right. But Okay, here we go. <laughs> I want to ask you a question today, and we're talking about thoughts and words, and man, I feel like I struck a, a, a real nerve last week when I was getting into James 3 on the tongue. I had a lot of good feedback on that. So, you know, everything starts with thoughts and with words, right, with our thought life. And I said to you, and I, uh, through Speak to the Void, that our thoughts actually control our life. But the good news is that we control our thoughts. And you can take the remote control like I did last night when I didn't like something was on there, and I just changed the channel. Okay, my wife wasn't too happy about it, but, you know, I didn't like that show. And so anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's a joke. So if I ask you this question, I want to ask you this morning, think about this just for a minute. What's your biggest problem that you're facing right now? Your biggest problem. Don't answer out loud, but you may say, oh, PT, you know, it's financial, man. For us, like, I never seem to be enough money um, at the end of the month. Um, maybe it's uh, relational. That could be a big problem for, for folks, you know. We've all been there. It could be marital. It could be some kind of a strain in a relationship, maybe, maybe with children or what have you, you know. I'm just saying, parents, uh, you know, it could be a thousand different things. Um, but the truth is that the biggest problem you have is you. And it's me. I'm not, not like I'm your biggest problem. You're your own biggest problem, okay? Just, just got to clarify, you know? It's up there with the cat and mouse thing, okay? So, so you hear my heart. The biggest problem is not the president or the politicians or the government or our world or the Middle East. The biggest problem is you. Listen, most problems we actually bring on ourselves. <laughs> oh, God, I wish I could use that illustration. Can I use it, Lord? Okay, then I won't. All right. I'd love to use it. It was with Dr. Rodney, but I won't, I won't say it. Okay, so anyway, um, the Bible says Psalm 1914. Let's look at this verse. This is what the Lord gave me this week for you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's say it out loud together. Are you ready? Let's try it again. One, two, three. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, oh, Lord. My redeemer. Okay, awesome. You got the gist? The words of my mouth, the prayer is, think about it, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart or my mind be pleasing unto you, O God. How many know that's a good prayer to pray? Oh, yeah. Have you ever put your foot in your mouth before? I want to tell you, it's hard to put your foot in your mouth. In fact, it's impossible if your mouth is closed. Some of you will get that later. The heart, the Bible said, listen about the heart, is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? So although we can think that we're doing the right thing, how many know we could be missing God by like a million miles? So I want to talk to you about sin today. Sin. It's this little word in the Bible that not a lot of guys preach about today, but I'm going to preach it hot, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do the work in all of our hearts. Amen? So you might want to write this down. I'm just going to give you a couple of things. I want to talk about the definition of sin. I want to talk about the problem of sin and then how we 
fix it, how we get ourselves free from sin. Everybody within the sound of my voice is struggling with something. Uh, Let me say it like this, has a vice. It might be food. That might be the way that you stuff down the pain when you're under some kind of stress in your life. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be some kind of social media, something, something. Okay, you get the picture? So here's what sin is. Here's the first one. Sin is the opposite of God and good. A lot of people don't know. Say, man, that's so elementary. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people don't really know, and so therefore they continue in a sinful lifestyle. So I have to say that... That sin is the opposite of God, right? And it's the opposite of good. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's sin and Satan, okay, in general terms. Psalm 111.7, New Century Version, everything God does is good. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. Okay? He's a good father. You believe that? Yeah, so the opposite of God, sin, is the opposite of God. It's the opposite of good. Think about it, okay? The Bible says in Job 34.10, this is from the message and the NLT, actually, it's impossible for God to do anything that's evil. He cannot sin or do any wrong at all, okay? It's impossible for God to do that. Say, does he have bad days? He does not sin ever. He's absolute perfect perfection, okay? First uh, Timothy 4, 4, I'm just giving you some verses on this. Everything God created is good. That's from the NIV. Everything God created is good. Now, let me say this. We can take the good things that God created and use and misuse them. Have you found this to be true? We can misuse, abuse them, and then we lose them. For instance, money, okay? Money isn't bad in itself. Agreed? If I took out, you know, $200 and I said, man, um, I don't want to pretend I have $200 in my pocket because I took that out, my wife would know, and I'd have to take her somewhere really nice to eat tonight. (laughs) So I caught myself, except I let the cat out of the bag, Brother Carrie, because I'm like a verbal thinker, so now she knows. She's like, where are we going? (laughs) With that pastor appreciation gift, you know. (laughs) By the way, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I didn't have my mic on before, and it's actually always awkward for me. I don't know what it is with that. I have no problem speaking, but when it's just, I want to tell you I love you. Our family loves you. This staff loves you. Really, really, as real as I can be, my, I just, you know, heart full of thanksgiving to you today. Thank you. Okay? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So sin is the opposite of God. I don't think that's the correct spelling for opposite, but I could be wrong. I failed the third grade. Um, sin is the opposite. I think there's an E missing out of that. Oppo- am I telling the truth? Any spelling bees in the house? Okay, good. <laughs> tomato, tomato. I remember we had a vice president like that once. Anyway, um, so, so, so the problem is, not, if I had the money, and I, I, money itself is not evil, okay? But I could misuse money, and it becomes evil. In other words, I could take, I I don't know what I have, $3 in here or something? No, I'm just kidding. I I could take some money and I could give it to missions overseas and help build a Kenya widow's uh, medical clinic, which phase two has just been completed. Three. Can I just tell you something? Can I tell you what was going through my my ADD mind when we were up here before? And they were saying all these kind words, which, by the way, they have to repent because they're not true. Um, Can I tell you... 
I was thinking, I've got vision and faith in my heart, but my wife is passing me off. Because my vision's for this valley and beyond and multi-solid stuff, but she's like already overseas doing stuff. So it's a good thing. Amen? But I'm saying to you, <laughs> thank you, but, I, I'm still but I'm saying to you, listen, I'm saying to you that money itself is not wrong. It's how it's directed. Amen. Anything. Food is not necessarily evil, but if you misuse it and abuse it, how many know you'll lose it? Amen. It's the same with money. The Bible says a fool and, uh, and his money are soon parted. Proverbs. Um, so if you took $200 and uh, you could hire a prostitute with that money. You see, are you getting my drift? So we can misuse and abuse the gifts of God. Sex is not wrong. Sex is actually a holy thing. And it was designed by God himself. It's how it's used. Amen. It's how it's misused. All right. And so, you know, anyway, most of you are here because of sex, okay? Sorry. Get you. That'll make sense later. All right. So, so sin's, the op- here's the sin- sin's the opposite of, God, of good. Whew, I'm getting tongue-tied up here. Uh, sin's the opposite. Here's the second thing. If you're taking off, you're going to write this down. Get a pencil. It's the opposite of love. Sin is the opposite of love. Jesus uh, says, listen to this in Matthew 24, 12. As sin and evil increase in the world, people's love will grow cold. Have you, have you seen this? Have you noticed that people are like short-fused anymore? They're going to snap out at the smallest, littlest thing, man. Somebody pulls out in front of them, you know, and they holler, you know. Have you heard about that guy? He, you know, he, his, you know he, his four-year-old son is sitting there. How many know the kids are watching us? Yeah, and he's, he's calling everybody an idiot when he's driving. And the kid was riding around, you know, with his mother one day out and about, and she's, he's like, Mom, he goes, how come all the idiots are out, out only when Dad is driving? <laughs> sorry, sorry. But it's the opposite of love. It's unhealthy. Sin is unhealthy. It's unfair. It's untruthful. Our job, listen, our job is to love God and to love people. Amen. First John, how could, the, how could we say, wait, listen, here's a tough verse, a tough verse. It'd be a lot easier if the verse wasn't in the Bible, but it's in there, okay? And this is perfect, by the way. We're imperfect. This is perfect. This is what straightens out our crookedness. The Bible says in 1 John, how can we say we love God who we haven't seen if we don't love our brother who we have seen? It's a sin problem, folks. So sin's the opposite of love, you know. And three, sin is always always selfishness. All sin is rooted in selfishness, really, you know. Uh, You know. People, they'll say this, you know, I love to be in church, but I got to work all the time. I'm working hard for my family. Actually, it's self-serving. Ooh, I got some eyebrows raised on that one. It's blue collar, hard work, and I love that. I love, I, in fact, it's much easier for us to work than it is to rest. And that sometimes gets a little out of balance. Somebody sent me a card the other day. It was beautiful. And it said, please take your lovely wife on vacation and rest, exclamation point. Amen. How many know God wants us to rest? Yeah, there's a verse in the Bible that says He wants His children to experience heavenly rest at night. And so the problem is it's rooted in selfishness when we sin. You know, think about it. Uh, you know, I'm going to steal something because I want something you have and I want it. So I'm going to take it from you. See, it's selfishness. It's always the, the center, the letter in the center of sin is what? 
Thank you. James 3.16 says it like this, wherever there is selfishness, you will find disorder in every kind of evil sin. Sin. Do you think it's a problem in our world today? So God didn't create us to live for ourselves, right? How many know he didn't create us just to, to see that we, how much we can accumulate and how long we can keep it? You know, you know, the American way, right? Get all we can, can all we can get, and sit on the can for as long as we can. We don't want anybody to touch it. Okay? That's, that's, there's more to life than that. Help me out here. There's way more to life than that. In fact, the most miserable people, many times, not always, are some of the wealthiest people. Because like my good friend Lendl Cooley said one time from this pulpit, I've ascended the hill of fame and fortune to find out it's a barren wasteland on top. If you don't believe him, just read Solomon in Ecclesiastes. He had everything. No one will ever have what Solomon had, not even close. More wealth, more wisdom, more women. And he got to the end of his life and he said it's all vanity. Okay, it's, it's hollow outside of what a relationship with Jesus. Amen? You know, you know what the most selfish song in the world is? I did it my way. <laughs> I ran over a bunch of people, but I did it my way. I did a bunch of things that weren't legal, but I did it my way. Okay, we can just go on and on and on. That's because sin is a selfish, self-centered act. Why does a man commit adultery on his wife? Selfishness. Lustfulness, pride. Look at pride, letter I, right in the center. Crime, letter I, right in the center. I, there's a whole bunch of them here. How about this one? You know, I just did a little research this week. Racist, sexist, chauvinist. The letter I is right in the center of all of them. Biggest problem we got, one of the biggest problems today is racism. It's terrible. God hates racism. He created all the races. Out there fighting and protesting and burning down buildings. It has nothing to do with racism at all. Stealing stuff. What does that have to do with racism? That's an excuse to be selfish. Amen? But I is located right at the center of all these things. Sexist. The person is a sexist type person. It's all about me. You ever meet anybody like that? Their head is so big they could barely fit through the door. And they just make everybody uncomfortable, you know. And it's, you know, it's, it's a prideful thing. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, somebody one time said selfishness is not, like, selfishness is just thinking about yourself too much. What you should do is think not less of yourself, but think about yourself less. You got it? So let's not be, and I, and I know I commend this church. This is a giving church, but there's a lot of people who are very selfish. Listen, the flesh the pride of life Jesus talked about, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, those things are all in opposition to the Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? Number four, sin is always unbelief in who God is. It's an unbelief in who God actually is. That's what sin actually is. It's always an unbelief. Here's why. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will show that the world, world's sin is unbelief in me. That's John 16, 9. And so, you know, Anytime, let me give a couple examples. Anytime I'm fearful or anxious, impatient, resentful or bitter, carrying guilt of the past, feeling inadequate, I'm showing my unbelief in God's promises, God's perfect timing. I know I'm giving you a lot of God's wisdom, God's forgiveness, and God's power. I'm showing that I don't really believe this word as I say I do when I have those feelings. This is good. You with me? 
I know I'm giving you a lot. It's like drinking out of a fire hydrant, right? But I want you to get this today. As I believe this will help you. So what's the problem with sin? Well, here, here's, here's the big problem with sin. I was born with the selfish desire to sin. You were born with the selfish desire to sin. I didn't expect you guys to stand on your feet and cheer like you do. My son was doing camp meeting style, but it's still the truth. See, we're born like that. We're not born like wanting, you don't believe me? Go into the nursery with 13 babies and put 12 pieces of candy down and see what happens. We're born, the Bible said we're born in sin, right? We're born in sin, shaping in iniquity. Think about that. And so there's a lot of verses here. I want to, uh, Romans 7, 15, we talked about it last week. Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. Sound familiar? Did you ever not do what you want to do? He said, the things, I, the things I, I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up sometimes doing them. You ever been there? And it's called regret. And the old enemy comes back, and there's two tools that the enemy uses. This is not in my notes, but I believe this will be helpful to you. There's two well-worn tools of the enemy. One's called dread, if he can get you to dread anything about the future. He'll rob you of the peace and the joy of the day. He can say, oh, my God, I just hope that, you know, the election doesn't go the other way. Oh, my gosh. See, you're already, you've already lost the day. You've lost the peace of God for the day. And what can you do about it anyway? I had someone literally call me this week, and he's a very intelligent, very educated, successful man. And we've been able to build a relationship in, in this area, and, he's, and he, I believe he's a good man, but he, man, he was going on and on about, my like, God, did you see the news? I was driving down the road. I said, no, actually, I didn't watch the news. And he's like, oh, that's right, you don't watch it. I wanted to say, now you know why. Who's upset on this phone call, you or me? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, pretty simple to figure out. My God, he goes, they're shutting Germany down. <laughs> what, what's, what do you mean they're shutting Germany? I know it was closed. I mean, was it like, you know, what, I don't know what we're talking about here. I'm just listening to him. I had him on the, thank God for that little sink thing on my car. I could just drive and listen to somebody's voice come through the speakers. He goes, yeah. And I said, oh, is that right? He goes, yeah. And they're shutting Italy down too. And he kept going, you know. And the governor, and they're doing this and that. And, the other. and I, I mean, I'm not being smart. I'm just telling you, this works, folks. The word works. CNN doesn't, okay? What are we thinking? We, and I t <laughs> we need to think about what it is we're thinking about. We need to manage our minds. Because it all starts right here. And if you're drinking in like a sponge all the negativity and all, I'm not saying don't be informed. Like, I want to know what the weather's going to be like. There's an app for that. I say, hey, Siri, <laughs> tell me what the weather's like. So I know whether to put a coat on or a T-shirt. Okay, it's not, I don't need to know all this craziness. People, listen, we don't even know what the truth is outside of this book. Who knows what... And what the agenda or the motive attached to that is bill of information or bill of goods they're trying to sell us. My God. I mean, and he just went on and on. I said, now, can I ask you a question? Now, he's such a, he's like, he's way, he's got more degrees than probably a thermometer. You know, one of them guys, I mean, he's a smart guy, brothers. I mean, a smart guy, a thinker. He's like, yeah. I and mean, he, he was working himself up. Like just the more he was talking, the more anxious he was getting. So I just listened to him. I'm driving down, watching those little white lines on 81, and I said, okay, can I ask you a question now? <laughs> I'm not even his pastor. I guess I am his pastor. I'm more of a pastor for the region, I guess. He said, he said sure, pastor. I said, what can you do about it? 
What can you do about it? Really? I mean, okay, and we're in church, we'll say pray, those kind of things. I, I'm getting there. But understand, folks, people are being controlled by their minds. They're being dominated by negativity and thoughts of worry. Have, have you, found, you know anybody like this? I mean, they're not in this service. They must have been the, in the earlier service or something, you know. One of my sons was preaching to He says, like a Morgan here, he was telling him. You know? I was like, oh, God, Jesus, help me, Jesus, you know. So our thought life is so powerful. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What am I going to do? I said, you know what, look what, it's, look what it's doing to you. Jesus said, don't even worry about tomorrow. It can't add one single day to your life. Amen. And yet we do it all the time with things. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen if this happens? What's going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? What, are they going to kill me? I'll go to be with Jesus. Amen. I'd rather die on my feet anyway Amen. than on a sofa watching a screen as somebody I don't even know trying to tell me a bunch of garbage. And I'm drinking it in, you know, drinking it in, drinking it in. It's craziness already, you know. I'm not saying, and you know, the statements we've made here repeatedly, I've gone on record, the virus is real, I believe that. It's highly contagious, I believe that. Yes, there are people who have died. We're not even 100% sure how many. Amen. And our hearts go out. I do know some people that have lost family members, and we've prayed, I've walked down roads with people. You know, not in this church as much. I mean, one family, not the man was in Texas, but what am I going to do? Am I going to stop believing? Look, I either believe this book or I don't. And, you're, and you're, let me tell you, your actions are way, they speak way more volume to people than just your simple words. Amen? So you've got to understand that, you know, the things, many times we, we're our own worst enemy. We bring stuff on ourselves. If we just learn to keep the, the mouth shut, you know, right? James said it last week we talked about, he says, out of the same mouth comes blessings and cursings. You ever met anybody like that? They're in church. I praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, God. They get in the car. They get, shut up. I told you, get shut up. <laughs> right? I'm going to come back there and choke you right now. <laughs> and the man's wife says, honey, we better put some worship music on. <laughs> I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. I'm going to kill you. Don't make me come back there. So, so sin breaks my fellowship with God. Isaiah 59, 2, your sins are the roadblock between you and God. That's why he doesn't answer your prayers or let you see his face. We can't keep on sinning. The Bible says in the original translation, the heavens are likened to brass. In other words, they're brassed over. You're, you say, man, I'm praying and praying. feels like, God, it don't work for me. They preach that in that church. It hasn't happened to me. Yeah, have you ever checked? Maybe there's some sin in your heart, sir. I know it's an old message, but it's the truth. Amen. We need to talk about sin. You don't hear churches talking about it today. I'm like, listen, they're going to give an account one day. That same chapter in James actually says that. And so every time I sin, something dies inside of me. The Bible says, James 1.15, our evil desires make us sin. And when sin is finished with us, it leaves us dead. My sin can be a secret, but it's never private. You may think you're fooling everybody, sir. You may be fooling your wife, but it's not private because the Bible says that God sees it all. He knows it all. He knows you better than you know yourself. 
And what you're doing in the dark will be shouted from the rooftops. Think about that next time that you're on a pornographic website. 41% of men, this was like 10 years ago, I need to get updated information, 41% of men in evangelical churches in America are hooked on pornography. 41%. Do you think it's gotten less or more? Hence the verse. Numbers 32, 23, you may be sure that your sin will find you out. I think every politician ought to memorize that verse. <laughs> Be sure your sin will find you out. When I was a kid, man, I'm telling you, they used to quote that one at me. Right before I got my behind beat. I've got some marks to prove it. Praise God. Amen. Didn't hurt me any. At the time it did, but it doesn't hurt me now. It did me good. Spare the rod and spoil the child. Whoo, that's old school. Somebody's going to get mad at me. Let me tell you, you want to get mad at me, you need to get mad at God. Because that's his words, not mine. Amen. Let me give you this last before we tell you how to break free. Sin does long-term damage to a person. Long-term damage to a person when they're involved in sin. Galatians 6, 7, don't deceive yourself. You can't make a fool out of God. Whatever you plant is what you'll harvest. If you plant in the soil of your sinful nature, guess what? The Bible says you'll harvest destruction. But if you plant in the soil of your spiritual nature, you'll harvest everlasting life. Amen? Amen? That's why it's so important to be in the house of God. Amen? Amen. Man, Tiff Shuttlesworth's going to be here next Sunday, actually next Saturday, for a men's breakfast. Brother Gary, anything you want to say about that? Yeah, we're going to have a men's breakfast right out here. Uh, we're going to put the eggs on probably about 6 in the morning. Anybody want to come out and get involved? Food, fun, and fellowship. It's just another way for the men of God to get together and uh, our faith to rub off of one another. Praise God. Come on out. Good stuff. Love give you. Gary a hand. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you, Gary. I love you very much. And your family. Praise God. Doug, look at these good-looking guys here. Praise God. I appreciate you, Doug. He's got an incredible ministry in the nursing home where he works. How about that? How cool is that, right? And how many guys came to, the, to, to minister? Listen, these people, can you imagine being confined? My dentist told me the other day, you know, I went to get my teeth cleaned the other day. By the way, it's a good idea to clean your teeth. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, really, people don't get their teeth clean for a whole bunch of reasons. It's the same reason people don't come to church. They had a bad experience when they were young, and then therefore they don't go back. Right, Karen? Karen knows. She does this kind of work. Anyway, where was I going with that? Oh, we were. <laughs> he said his mom's been in a nursing home, and he's only seen her twice since February. And hasn't been able to physically, like, hug her. Like, I hugged my mom when I seen her this morning. Tell her she looked beautiful in blue. Doesn't she look nice? My mom love on her, would you? Come on. Watch this. Their ministry, their ministry is going out. Tell them, Doug. With the... Well, we, uh, a couple times a year, we'd go out and go inside the building and sing to the residents. And uh, when the pandemic started, we weren't allowed in the building anymore. So I just was praying to God of what we could do because I, I, Monday through Friday where I work, I get to see these residents. They've become family to me, and I just want to love on them. 
Yeah. And they can't leave their little room. If you've ever been to a nursing home, you see those little rooms that they live in, mm -hmm. and they can't leave that room. Jesus. Um, they eat all their meals in there. They stay there the entire day, and they've been there since March. So I just want to love on them any way that I can, and mm -hmm. I do the best I can while I'm there, but I wanted to do more. And so what God put on my heart is to invite men, and what we do is we go to the nursing home and we sing to the windows. Praise God. The nursing home. Praise God. We have all the residents. Amen. Open their windows. Amen, Doug. Yep. And we sing, we pray for them. We bless them, pray for them. And the last time we went, I think we had uh, 35, 35 men there singing to the windows of the nursing home. Bless you, God. Amen. Bless you. That's a blessing from God. Amen. And we'll keep doing that. We'll do it again at some point soon. Amen. We'll be advertising it. So. Isn't that awesome? Good stuff, right? So we, we've got to overcome sinful nature. I almost, I almost titled this message, The Power of the Cross. The Power of the Cross. So how do I break free from sin? I've got to, number one, I've got to understand what Jesus did for me. And by the way, you'll never fully understand what he did for you. And neither will I. Right? The Bible said Jesus, listen to this, 1 Peter 2, 24. I'm almost done. Jesus personally carried away our sins in his body, on his own body, on the cross, so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. That doesn't mean, you know, you become a Christian, you just sit there like a bump on a log and then you quit. That's why so many people are afraid to give their life to Jesus. You know, we're, we're investing heavenly in this ministry and this community and beyond this valley with television and a whole bunch of ways by bringing a guy like Evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth here. Lost Lamb Crusades. By the way, how many of you have that covenant, the last Lost Lamb covenant? It's in your bulletin. You want to take it out just for a minute? Can we take it out? Just, let's just look at it just for a second before we close. Praise God. Somebody read it out loud what it says on the back of there. What does it say? Roseanne, go ahead. Praise God. God bless you, Roseanne. Seven people. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and write down seven names and pray for them first. Don't just drop an A-bomb on them. Pray for them. That'll soften the blow, okay? Soften their heart. And then talk to them about the things of God. And then watch this. Bring them with you. Don't just say, hey, show up. My church is having something. Yeah, you know, some people get so awkwardly embarrassed when it's time to witness. Let me tell you something. I'm not even good at it, but the longer I do it, the easier it gets. If you found that to be true, just love on them. Say, hey, we're having some special meetings at the church. I, uh, do you think you'd like to go? You know, and a lot of times they'll say, well, I, I work on Sunday. Right? How many people say that? Say, well, we got a Monday night too. Well, you know, I, got, I, I got stuff to do, you know. <laughs> oh, well, I'd be here Tuesday. Well, I, I think Tuesday I might be busy. Well, how about Wednesday night? By the way, we have a Saturday morning men's breakfast right here. Tiff's going to speak at that. What an opportunity for men, right? To make disciples. So we've got to understand what Christ has done for us. How could we do anything but praise him and be a witness and a blessing to others? Just like what Doug just shared. Just like what Gary just shared, right? So secondly, I've got to let God give me a new nature. Man, i got so much here. I've got to, I've got to wrap this up. 
John 3, 9, New Living says it like this. Those who have been born again into God's family will not continue in habitual sin. Isn't that good? Because of God's life is in them now. So we're not going to continue in habitual sin. Say, how long does it take for, uh, you know, a person, a Christian to get forgiveness? Like two seconds. Say, God, forgive me. And it's over. Like that. Boom. It's over. God himself can't remember what you've done. The Bible says that. Amen. He removes your sin as far as you from the east as from the west. Romans 8 9, if you have the Spirit of God living in you, you are controlled by your new nature. So then I've got to change the way I think about sin. You know, again, the mind, back to the thoughts, the way I'm thinking about sin. The Bible says that Jesus died to defeat sin once and for all. Amen? Romans 6.10. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. Don't you love that? Amen. He died to break the chains of sin. The chains of, Brother Wally, sickness and disease. He went all the way to the cross for you 2,000 years ago. When he said, it is finished, tetelestai, he looked into the heavens with blood pouring down. I can only imagine his, his countenance, his face with a crown of thorns, with his hands and feet spiked to two boards, a Roman cross with everyone around him laughing and spitting, hurling insults at him, rejecting him, including his closest friends, with his own mother. Listen, his own mother right there. With John, and he said, Behold your mother, behold your son. Before, at the very end, before he took his last breath, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He went all the way to the cross for you. And if you've come in here today with sin in here, we love you. I, I love you. This pastor loves you. I, can, I, can I just be so honest with you? I'm not talking about our church, but sometimes Christians in general, I actually, and you can ask my family this, I actually feel more comfortable sometimes around sinners, like ranked sinners, than I do church folks. You ever, got, you ever been in that scenario? I just really do. I feel like, I, right, Brother Ed? You know why it is? There's no filter. You know exactly where they stand. There's nothing worse than somebody saying they're a Christian and they're denying that by their lifestyle. And listen, you know, we can live our lives free of this thing. But you've got to make that decision to come clean before God. That's what I love about the recovery center. Girls, that's what I love about God's mountain. When I saw the ladies in the tank with 50-some people, whatever it was, getting baptized, can you give God some praise for what God's doing up there? Amen. Listen, I don't like everything about it. I don't even like everything about what we do. There's parts of my own life I don't care for. How many know we all can improve? That doesn't mean we stop doing something. We reach out to these people. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Let me tell you, he still is a friend of sinners. He said it's not the healthy that need a doctor. My goodness, it's the sick. We invested by bringing evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth. By the way, I don't know anybody that's won souls like him in his lifetime. He's like, if you want it, they're all different, right? We love the whole family, Brother Ted, Jonathan. All. Tiff is straight down the middle souls. I mean souls. That's his whole MO, okay? That's his mission. But by the way, it should be our mission too. Amen. I love the gifts of the Spirit. I love prophecy and speaking in time, all that healing. I love it. But at the end of the day, 
we get ourselves in alignment with Jesus to seek and save that which is lost. That's why we give altar calls here. I'm not judging anybody else, but as for me and for this house right here, we will always give altar calls. Stand to your feet, everybody, in the presence of the Lord. Please, no one moving around. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. They sang that at my best friend in the world's funeral when I was nine years old. It was my grandma, my mom's mom. Amazing grace. All the way up there in northern Maine. I never forgot it. Amazing grace. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? That's extended freely to you by what Jesus did on the cross. He didn't deserve to die. I did. You did. If you're here today and you need Christ, here today and you need salvation, this is your moment. This is your hour. Why would you come all the way here? and not get what you came for. You know, if, if I, I go up to Wegmans or something, you know, and I, and I go in there to get some stuff, or my, my wife got this grocery order, thank God for Instacart, amen? Can we just say amen to that? I'm like, Jesus, save me so much time. I'm trying to learn to just do everything, like my click and bring it to the door. I don't even have time to get involved, you know? But if I go there, right, that'd be like even on your phone. You go on Amazon, you're going to order up some, I don't know, B12 or some kind of natural, whatever it is. And you go on your phone and you get, and it says checkout, and you just say, ah, just disregard it. That's crazy. You won't go to the store and you load up your cart with a bunch of groceries and get to the checkout and just leave your cart there and not pay for it and just walk out the door. People look at you like, Are, this person, like, what happened? Was there some kind of, can I tell you something? You've heard the gospel enough now to save you or condemn you in this service alone. The choice is up to you, my dear friend. What will you do with Jesus? My chains are gone. I've been set free. Sing that, would you, Brother John? My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood. I love this last verse that goes, The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be you know Jesus forever mine. Come on, one more time. Lift your hand and sing. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me like a flood.
I get reminded, and I was thinking actually before in the service of evangelist Steve Hill, who went home to be with Jesus, like Tiff, you know, who's coming next week. And I hope you'll bring people with you, really, folks. Bring people because people need Jesus. People need to be to be able to break free from the power and the curse of sin. Amen. And I was thinking, I don't even know who Steve Hill is. An evangelist was in the Brownsville Revival. My God, I've never in my life met someone like that carried the anointing of the Holy Spirit on like that. A million souls won in one revival by actual decision card alone. That's a conservative number. And Steve was a former heroin addict. I mean, Steve was a guy that literally shot crystal meth in his veins repeatedly for years. He was hooked on drugs. He was messed up. In fact, he almost died of an overdose in the 1970s. And his mother, who was a born-again Christian, his father gave him his first hit of alcohol when he was like seven years old. His father's buried right up here outside of Boston. And Steve was like, he, he, listen, he was arrested 13 times for grand theft auto. That's sin. That's pretty tough. I mean, 13 times being arrested. In fact... I heard him say from a pulpit one time, and I was sitting in the revival in Brownsville. I had been there five times back then. He said, if I was, if the judge gave me the sentence that I deserved, I would still be locked up from something that happened 20 years ago. He said, I was so messed up that I, I had a, an overdose, and literally I could feel the claw of Satan on my throat as I was laying on my deathbed in my early 20s. And my mom, who was a Lutheran, but born again, spirit-filled, loved Jesus, was praying in the Holy Ghost for him. And she brought up, watch this, she brought a Lutheran vicar in his room. Many of you know this, the book is called Stone Cold Heart, if you want to get it. It's, a, it's an incredible little read. It shows a picture before and after, his wanted picture when he was arrested to being a preacher of the gospel and winning a million souls to Jesus. But he said, in those days, I was laying on the bed and he said, I could literally feel Satan's clutches around my throat. Have you ever felt that before? I felt like he was squeezing the life right out of me, the oxygen out of my lungs. And he was literally like I could feel a gravitational pull of my soul being swept into hell. Where the worm dieth not, the Bible said, is a place of eternal damnation. And he said that Lutheran vicar had me by the hand and my mom had me by the other hand as she was praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Lutheran vicar said, Stevie, just say the name Jesus. And he said, all I could do was get that out above my lips. Jesus. He said, I was so weak and that, you know, that the, the toxins and the impurities were taking over his body from constantly mainlining. He said, I carried friends, like from a Fleetwood Mac concert in the 70s. He said, I carried my best friend who was dead in my arms and I put him on the porch of his mother and I rang the doorbell and I ran away into the dark of the night. He had overdosed just a few weeks before. And he said, now I was going down that same road. Listen, you think this isn't real? I was literally just in a funeral home this week with a, a guy's life who was cut short. Sin is a real thing, folks. And, it does, and it's no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter if you uh, come from an Ivy League school or you're somebody working, you know, on uh, loading trucks at roadway. It's a real deal. And hell tries to snuff the very life out of people with sin with all kinds of forms of it. And I know nobody's preaching anymore, but I'm going to preach it. And I'm telling you, you're really going to hear a preach next week. And we want, to, we want to do everything we can to spare people of a crisis eternity. And Steve said, as I kept saying the name Jesus, he said it went from a whisper and I could feel the strength and the life of God coming up inside of me. And he said, I was saying, Jesus, laying there on a deathbed. Jesus. How many know there's power in his name? Amen.
That's why we were, we, we were singing his name before. We were singing his name, Jesus at the center. I kept saying there's power in his name. There's healing in his name. There's forgiveness in his name. Every demon in hell shakes when they hear the name of Jesus. Amen. What about you? He said, what, he said the strength came back in my body just like Wally. Swung my legs over. The bed got up. He said, I didn't even know how to pray. He said, my whole life, I was, I was a wreck. You know, Mike, he said, I was just an absolute wreck. You know I mean? He said, I went outside and he said, it seemed like the grass was greener. Amen. Can you relate with that? Amen. He said, it seemed like the skies were bluer. And he said, I remember my mom made some sandwiches. He was from Huntsville, Alabama. And he said, I sat down and she said, Stevie, why don't you pray, son? This is a guy who lived a vile lifestyle. He said, that Lutheran vicar was sitting there, and he said, I didn't even know how to pray. I said, Jesus, thank you for these sandwiches. He said, I didn't even know where to go to church. You know what happened? He wanted an Assembly of God church the following Sunday. It was around this time of year, November. And he said, I walk in, and these little gray-haired ladies just loved on me. I had long hair and a beard. I should have put a picture up. And he said that one old lady looked at him, and she said, you'll be just perfect, son. He said, for what? You can play Jesus in the Christmas play. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. You know why? He's a free man. He's a free man. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. So everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. In the presence of the Lord. If you're here today and you need God, you're here today and you need forgiveness. I'm asking you, not under condemnation or guilt, but because we love you. This pastor is for you. This church is for you. We're trying to help people in this community and far beyond. As far as those television signals go, we're trying to reach as many people with the life-changing message of the gospel in the last days. Before the sands of time have run out. Come on, church, pray. If you're here today and you need Christ, you need salvation. You've got sin in your life and you know that it needs to come out. You need the cleansing blood of the Messiah to wash you and to cleanse you, to break the chains of sin, of sickness and disease. If that's you here this morning, I'm going to ask you, just go ahead and raise your hand. Say, that's me. That's me. God bless you. 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 I see your hands. Others say, I need the Lord. Come on. I'm not too proud to ask for the help of God. I need salvation. I need the Holy Spirit in me. Again, sin represents pride. I is right in the center. People, many, you know how many people will miss heaven because of their stupid pridefulness? It starts with humility. If you're here today, I'm going to ask you to do something now bold. You raised your hand. You said, that's me. And there, were, there was a lot of people that just raised their hand and said, that's me. I'm going to ask you, if you raised your hand as they sing this beautiful song to make your way out of your seat and come stand right here, we're going to pray together. Come on. Come on. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. God bless you. 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 Amen. Amen. God bless you. Come on. We're going to pray. Come on. We're going to pray. God bless you, God. bless you, God. God bless you, guys. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. bless you, Carol. Amen. I see Jesus all over you, Carol. I see him. I see him all over you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Come on, sing it. In grace.
If you're out there in those seats, go ahead and turn to the person. Just say, listen, you need me to go forward with you. Just go ahead and do it. Don't be afraid. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, listen, if you're ashamed of me before men on earth, then I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father and all of the holy angels on judgment day. What on earth would anybody be embarrassed or ashamed to come forward. Let me tell you something. This place right here, I don't know about anywhere else. This is not a house of judgment. This is a house of mercy and grace. God bless you, sis. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Bless you. That's how it works. God bless you, sis. God bless you. That's how it works. We can miss heaven by 18 inches from our head to our heart. By stinking thinking, you know. We need a check up from the neck up. Amen? Is there anybody else that needs to be down here? Yeah. You know, when we get, when we get to heaven, I want to ask you this question. Is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? Is any, look, when I walk the streets of gold, I'm not taking credit. I'm just saying, just hear my, you know me, you know my heart. Okay, I'm your pastor. I love you. I'm trying to help you here. You know how wonderful it's going to be? What's your name? Jill. Jill. You know how wonderful it's going to be when I bump into Jill on the streets of gold? You know, like the, the corner of 1st and 7th Street. Amen? Yeah. And she's in all white, right? And I said, hey, Jill. She's like, Pastor, remember me? November 1st. Man, we had a crazy jacked up year, 2020. There was this whole thing going on called a pandemic or whatever you call it. God bless you, buddy. God bless you. And remember, you gave a call. You preached on sin. And I responded, just like heaven's gates and hell's flames. It's the same gospel. It just comes in different packages. And I remember when, Terry, when you, you gave that call, not because of judgment. God knows not because of religion, but because of the mercy of the Lord. Amen. What's your name? Janessa. Janessa. It's beautiful. Janessa, maybe we'll, Becky and I will run into you up there, right, hon? I hope so. I said, hey, let's go for a swim in the Crystal Sea. It's beautiful. I love the beach, you know, right? I mean, we're not just going to float on clouds up there. We have stuff to do, right? The music's going to be the best music you've ever heard. Amen. All the people going to be the great apostle Paul. You know, Jesse DePlantis has a whole thing about encounters. How many of you ever read his? Yeah, he stood right back in that room and told he, he opened up. He said, I don't even talk about it. He talked about when he went to heaven. And he, and I know it's some stretch in your faith, but you got to get around people that are more full of the Holy Ghost than you are. 
It'll, it'll, it, it, it'll strengthen you. See, you show me your friends, Jill, I'll show you your future. That's, uh, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You guys are here. Do you guys know each other? No. Okay, all right. Well, listen, now you, got, you just made new friends, right? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray. If you're watching at home, I want to ask you to pray with us. Let's bow our heads, everybody. Dear Jesus, today, while I was listening to the Bible, I realized that sin is a problem, and it's been a problem for me. But no longer will I be a prisoner to sin, and to the law of sin, and to the curse of sin. Because now, Lord, I stand here in your presence. I confess in my mouth. I believe in my heart that God the Father raised his son, Jesus Christ, from the grave. And because he lives, I too have eternal life. I am saved. Help me to live empowered by the Holy Spirit every day of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.